Get ready, it's time. Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck, is the most powerful voice in women's issues today. As the owner of Motherhood Incorporated, Sandra brings you inspiring, influential, and interesting resources to help you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Each episode of Motherhood Talk Radio features guests who all have a story, experts in their field, and information you won't want to miss. We bring you everything from the latest crafting tips to how to be sexy in your 40s, from great parenting tips to moms facing some tough challenges, and most importantly, how to bounce back with style. Motherhood Talk Radio helps you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Being all you can be starts right here, right now. Let's do it. Here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and this is Motherhood Talk Radio. I hope you can hear me because I hear a lot of static, a lot of line noise, but we're here today to do our Summer Romance Spectacular and I'm so excited. We've got great authors with us today. We've got Danny Petrie, we've got Connie Mann, we've got uh, Angela Breidenbach and this is the fourth in a series this month. We're running it March to uh, 3rd, 10th, 17th and 24th episodes. So if you like this episode, you can check us out on iTunes. You can go to toginet.com. Uh, you can look up Summer Romance Spectacular and get to meet face-to-face on the internet with some of the most prolific and most successful writers in the romance industry today. Now, I am a big romance fan. I love to take you guys in the bathtub with me on plane rides, on car rides, to the beach. Uh, you can take me away and give me uh, couple hours or sometimes three or four hours of just absolute Calgon take me away moments and that's a real art form so I'm so excited to bring on author Danny Petrie first now here's some things you might not know about Danny she is a consummate world traveler she's hit Africa South Africa uh, I'm sorry Africa South America Australia I guess she's been there done that she is a diehard thrill seeker now this is not what you would expect a romance writer to be into hella skiing cave diving storm kayaking now all right bullet dodging high speed car chasing treasure hunter adventure when was the last time somebody shot at you <laughs> it's been a while <laughs> it's been a while well you might not you got kids and you homeschool so i was here prepared to say i got shot at last week either by a nerf bullet or a spitball because you homeschool your kids um now you write romantic suspense and you are a thrill seeker clearly yes yes i write romantic suspense and i love uh adventure uh love thrill-seeking, love traveling, and so I try to bring that love uh, into my stories. Well, and I got to tell you, like, you know, from one girl who's jumped out of an airplane to another, um, you, you say been there, done that, but there is an authenticity to your writing that comes through because you have done these things. You know what the, more than just the how heart-pounding, what does everybody always say, the heart-pounding exhilaration, like you right. know about the, you know, the cold fingers, the jittery hands, like the hands that can't make a yep. fist anymore, um, yep. you know, those are things that only one thrill-seeker would know to another, and you weave that into your characters. 
Thank you. I hope so. I, I hope I lend that authenticity to my stories and to my characters. And it's why I enjoy writing the type of stories that I do so much because I'm able to um, weave in my love of adventure and travel and, and all these things along with my love and passion for storytelling. Well, and those are, you know, like, you know, your part, like from, I'm, I'm totally ripping off from your website because it's so well written. I just thank you for having a website that I can work with. Um, but, you know, it's like your part, FBI agent, archaeologist, forensic, forensic anthropologist, and a detective who serves justice. Like that's, that's like NCIS for women. <laughs> I mean, just, <laughs> right there. I mean, no offense to Mark Harmon, though he did hit my car 10 years ago. Um, but, but, you know, the fact that matter is is these details allow us to live vicariously through your adventures and that's so important especially like me who has elementary age kids I'm you know a radio host I run a technology company so I'm kind of trapped you know my adventure days are put on hold a little bit because of the age of my kids and you know I'm divorced and soul supporting single mom but I can read your books and I can get that same thrill and that's huge hugely important what you do. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, you know, I kind of vicariously live through my characters. And so some of those um, positions, I work very closely with uh, current uh, federal agents or law enforcement officials, uh, anthropologists, and, and really try to bring that level of authenticity and what they're going through into the stories that I create. So, well, and I think that's so important because, you know, we can watch crime shows on TV. We can watch all this stuff on TV. And if an author doesn't get it right, we're like, that's the end of the yeah. book. Yeah, it's it's a tricky balance. It really is to have, you know, fiction and and take a little fictional liberty, but at the same time you do. You want to reflect, uh, especially people in those professions. You you know, I admire them greatly, and I want to make sure that I take time to really reflect what they're doing and what they're sacrificing and how hard they work and and have that come through in the story. So um, fortunately, I also love research, and and I've been able to pair with great people for that and uh, just feel very blessed by it. Well, and I think, you know, it's a it's a tribute, too, because, you know, when you write something like I have a lot of military experience and a lot of military friends. And every time I I read something in an author, like recently in a book I was reading, an author used a phrase that hadn't been used from before I was born, you know, and they're like, it's shell shock, it's battle fatigue or, you know, PTSD. Uh, um, but sure. you can tell when an author and sometimes, you know, you can't help it. You know, this author was, you know, somebody who was quite a bit older than me. So, you know, battle fatigue, shell shock would be more comfortable for her and her writing. But as a reader, I was like, whoa, okay, we just pop back into like 1967 or 1945. Sure. And sure. So it's that attention to detail. Like, that's what I found out in Cold Shot. I mean, your book, Cold Shot, that's out. I mean, this this you got to get it right and you did get it right i mean i'm not a baltimore pd but you know there wasn't anything in there that i went (laughs) thank you i appreciate that yeah i've I've got a a local police officer that i uh, work with on research and um have you know firing experience went out to the gun range went through some of these things and uh spoke to you know former sniper and just really tried to 
to get it correct as best I could, and I'm glad that really came through in, in the novel. Well, yeah, because as somebody who's been, you know, around firearms, you know, I always love it when they, like, have a tiny, tiny heroine pick up, like, a big right. shotgun, and then she yeah. fires it with ease. And I'm like, are you kidding? I'm 5'8", and, you know, over 150 pounds soaking wet, and it still knocks me on my butt. You know, you yeah. <laughs> there's just... It does. <laughs> yep, there's that recoil. <laughs> that kickback, that's very true. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's like, that's why I appreciate you guys. And I think that's why, you know, all of you guys that have been on this romance spectacular, I really give you guys a lot of credit because, you know, it's not enough just to sit down and write a good story. It's not enough just to write a good romance or a good mystery. There's a whole bucket load of work in here that is like, you know, like you talk about research but it's like writing a college term paper. True. (laughs) That is very true. And you get so much research and so much information, and then it becomes a balancing act of putting in the right details and the right technical details and the right jargon and and everything so that it's accurate. At the same time, you don't want to have an info dump so that somebody feels like they're reading an instructional manual. So it's it's definitely a balancing act to find that, that right balance where everything makes sense and is technical and accurate, but you're still not pulled out of the story by it. So that's right. definitely something we all... Your technical knowledge has to be woven in very deftly. It can't just come off as a training manual. Like, exactly. Look at how much I know. See, I know yeah. Yeah, it's impressive. (laughs) I'm so glad you enjoy Cold Shot so much. That means a lot, especially with your background and experience. That's pretty amazing. Oh, I'm tough. I'm really tough because as a radio host, I read, you know, oh, my gosh, I beat read. Sometimes I skim them if the book's not good. You know, I'll skim it. Yours Mm -hmm. is I actually read um, because I got engaged in it. So I think that anybody looking for a great summer read this summer will like the book Cold Shot. And I'd love you to get, you know, We've only got a couple minutes left in the segment. Give us a quick synopsis without giving us any, you know, don't give us any spoilers, but, you know, give us, you know, why should somebody pick up your book this summer as opposed to the hundreds of other books that are on the shelf? What are they going to get from you? Absolutely. Well, Cold Shot is the first book in my Chesapeake Valor series, which takes place in the Chesapeake Bay region, which I think is a really unique region. And the series, Cold Shot being the first in it, focuses on four friends that have been friends since they were kids. And some tragedy occurs in their life, actually a couple, and it's kind of pulled them apart. And in Cold Shot, they are forced back together on a case. Um, Griffin McRae, the hero of Cold Shot, the park ranger at Gettysburg. Uh, he's a former SWAT team sniper, and he left the B- Baltimore Police Department when a case went bad. And some relic hunters up in Gettysburg are uncover skeletal remains near Little Round Top, and a forensic anthropologist, Dr. Finley Scott, is called in to determine about how old the bones are, and she reveals that they are modern. Um, And so they now have a case of a fairly recent murder, recent in the time span compared to Civil War time, and the two are paired together, and it brings in his friends that he grew up with, and they've all kind of have to reconnect and work together to solve this murder case. And um, 
It's just a, you know, I've really, as you said, enjoyed writing it, particularly because of the research that I was able to put into it. And um, I love Griffin and Finley. I love their interaction with each other. And I, I just hope readers will really enjoy it. Okay, we've got Danny Petrie. You can check her out at D-A-N-I-P-E-T-T-R-E-Y.com. The book is called Cold Shot. If you want to, I'm already in love with the, in Finley. So, you know, I've got to figure <laughs> out, you know, when I can read it again this summer. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed our interview with Danny Petrie today. You're going to want to check her out and get her book. When we come up with the break, we're going to meet with Connie Mann. So you're going to want to come back after the break. Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. Got my dreams, got my life, got my love. Got my friends, got the sunshine above. Why am I making this hard on myself when there's so many beautiful reasons I have to be happy? It's words you never heard. Did you ever wonder about the origin of Murphy's Law? You know the maxim that if anything can go wrong, it will. Murphy's Law was named after Captain Edward A. Murphy, an engineer working at Edwards Air Force Base in 1949. Captain Murphy was working on a project designed to measure how much sudden deceleration a human could stand in a crash. After discovering a transducer constructed for the experiment was wired wrong, Murphy squabashed the technician responsible by exclaiming, If there's any way to do it wrong, you'll find it. In other words, circumvent mistakes and miscabobbles before they happen. Aerospace manufacturers began quoting Murphy's Law to their engineers, and soon it became an eponym. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Ladies, 
This is Sandra Beck, and we are here for our Summer Romance Spectacular. We just visited with Danny Petrie. That's D-A-N-I-P-E-T-T-R-E-Y.com. We're now going to visit with Connie Mann. Now, her website, if you're following along, is Connie Mann, C-O-N-N-I-E-M-A-N-N.com. She has written uh, three books um, that I'm familiar with, Angel Falls, Trapped, and her latest one, Tangled Lies, is released just recently may 24th and so how exciting that that you know we've got a we've got a fresh baby on the market uh so um when we uh when we see uh connie's books we go down to florida we just left uh danny petrie up in the cold uh areas of 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 um oh i forget it i don't even know where i'm going with this welcome to the show <laughs> connie man i just i had it all in my head it just flew out like a bird I understand that. Thank you so much. And I so appreciate being here. Well, and here I was all ready to set you up for sunny, warm Florida. We got Angel Falls set in Brazil. Then we've got Trapped in Tangle Lies in Florida. And I just blew it. So you're going to have to rescue this (laughs) segment. Connie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. You've got to love live radio. So tell us about Tangled Lies. How did you come up with the idea? Now, you are a U.S. Coast Guard licensed boat captain, and that is super cool. i got to tell you, you guys are putting a new famous, like, a new face on romance writers. Danny Petrie is the hell of skiing. You're a U.S. Coast Guard licensed boat captain. I mean, what can romance writers do next? Well, we do all kinds of cool things when we're not hunched over a computer screen. So, yeah, it is it is a wonderful balance for me because I get to be outside, and I actually work for our local school board as a boat captain. So my normal um, passengers on the boat, I can take 24 passengers, are fifth graders. And oh. what fun to show them their first alligator and take them out on the river, and it is just a fabulous, fabulous job. <laughs> Well, it is, and I think that shows up in your writing, because one of the things I found, Connie, you know, and we've interviewed, you know, just the best of the best in this summer romance series, you included, is these women are all amazing doers in their life beyond writing best-selling romance novels. Just like you, you you do some pretty cool things. Well, I appreciate that. I think it's great. I love it. And so that's how Angel Fall, I mean, how uh, Tangled Lies came to be is because people said, why aren't you writing a boat captain heroine? We want a Florida-set book. We loved Angel Falls with the Brazil setting, but we want a Florida-set romantic suspense, and we want a boat captain heroine. I said, oh, now I can do that. So that's really how the idea came about for that story. And it's basically three foster sisters um, who come back to Florida for their mom's 60th birthday, and she asks them something they didn't expect. She wants them to find her biological son who disappeared when he was three. And they're like, what? (laughs) You know, that was a long time ago. And so the story follows them trying to find him. And, of course, it's romantic suspense. So the yummy hero comes back who was her, um, you know, heartthrob babe way back when to add to all of that and all the layers. So lots of fun. (laughs) 
Well, it is lots of fun. And I think, you know, I've been an avid romance reader now for over 20 years, maybe 30 years, because I started when I was like 10 years old. The lady down the street used to sell me 10 Harlequin romances for a dollar. And um, I would use my babysitting <laughs> money, you know, and first got hooked on it. And, um, you know, it was so much fun. Um, but the heroines have changed, you know, and for our listeners today who haven't picked up a romance novel in a while, or maybe never picked up a romance novel in a while, the one thing that I will say about you gals coming on, first of all, you're all super cool. You're not like, you know, dressed in a pink pinafore, you know, with your powder and your makeup, you know, typing away at a novel, you know, which is the perception of like the 60s and 70s of romance novelists. Now you guys are active. You're out there. You're doing your thing. I mean, in the last segment, we talked about, you know, women who fire a 12 gauge shotgun, you know, versus like, I'm going to hold up my pearl handled revolver, you know, it's come a right. long way, and our heroines have come a long way. And, and you, especially with your, what attracted me the most was this idea that the heroine was a boat captain. Like, hello, this is not your typical romance. <laughs> no, and it's not. And to, and even so today, you know, boat captains are generally not female. So that was kind of a fun twist on the usual stereotype. You assume the captain's a male. And um, people are often surprised. I'm only five foot two, so then they're really surprised. You handle that big boat <laughs> because I'm just this little bitty person. But it comes through because women are a lot stronger sometimes than we're given credit for. And I love to show feisty, strong heroines in my story. Well, and my and stories are always about hope, too, about, you know, it gets bad in life. But at the end, it's a happy ending. Keep hanging in there. It's going to get better. Well, and that's the thing, like there's strong inspiration, like, yes, you have adventure in your book. Yes, you have romance, but there's a great deal of inspiration. And, you know, when times are tough and we pick up a romance novel to take us away and carry us away, we want to walk away feeling inspired. We don't want to walk away feeling, wow, does my life suck in comparison to this lady's <laughs> Right. No, no, that's not what we're going for. <laughs> you know, so there's we're, kind of a fine line in developing a strong female character. There is. There is. And mine are usually, they're flawed. And like all of us, the other thing that seems to come through my stories is second chances. I am such a believer in second chances because we've all had things happen either that we did or were done to us that were hard and ugly but we overcome, and I want to encourage women to overcome and keep hanging in there and keep going. And so my heroines usually have some baggage and yuck from the past that they're they're overcoming, and they come out stronger for all that they go through in the story. And that's, to me, that's cool to see them come full circle and come into their own. Well, yeah, because, you know, as much as this is, you know, these are made up stories, there's a lot of real in them. You know, there's real feelings that come through. There's a lot of times authors, you know, they use real situations from their lives or their own real overcomings get woven in. And I think when a writer uses their real feelings and the the reality comes through, that's when you really hook me. That's when you engage me as a reader because I can feel it, taste it, see it, smell it. Um, I can walk along with you. And then if you can do it in the book, then maybe I can do it in my life. Exactly. And to me, those are the best stories. When I read some another author who does that, I go, yes, I've, I'm walking with you. And it gives me hope. Exactly. And to me, that's what it's all about. Always. 
Yeah. I mean, it's it's because I think it's really hard to create strong female characters and still keep them relatable. Right. You don't want them so tough that nobody relates to them because we do have a soft side, too. We're, we're created that way. And you don't want to completely avoid that either. That's part of who we are as women. We have our strong side, but we also have our soft side and that we often protect. And that sometimes is what leads our heroines into trouble is they're guarding their hearts very carefully and they don't want to let anybody in because they've worked so hard to be tough. Right. <laughs> so they're so hard to achieve. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Because not every woman chooses a field. I'm in technology, you know, so not every woman chooses a field. Um, you know, I'm not a full-time radio host. I'm, I'm a part-time radio host, but I, I'm a full-time technology company owner. There's not a lot of women in my field, you know, period. And the women that are in my field, very few. I don't think I've ever run across another female technology company owner um, that I can remember in recent memory. So you've got to kind of fight really hard to be where you are. But the thing is, like, you don't want to become like a man and you you do guard your heart, you know, all those things. And like, you know, when you look at a female boat captain, she's one of, you know, 50 men or 100 men or a thousand men. Who knows? It's hard not to become tough and tough in a way that makes love difficult. Exactly. Exactly. You don't want to become too hard. You need that shell sometimes. Um, and with the gentleman that I worked with at first, yeah, they put me through my paces when I started working at this one company. But when I proved I could handle a boat, I earned their respect, and they never treated me with anything but respect. Um, well, yeah, and when you, you know, earn they, it, you get it tenfold. Exactly, exactly. They didn't. They weren't willing to hand me anything, and I was okay with that. I wanted to earn my place, and I did. And we have. Some of them I'm still friends with. We have a great relationship. And that was that was kind of neat for me because that was a little intimidating. Um, but I had some good mentors, and, and it, it turned out to be just a wonderful thing. Well, I'm really excited because, you know, your your tangled lies, you know, and, and you're trapped in your Angel Falls, you know, books, they're all really great. And if you are a woman today that is battling in a man's world and you want to see how a heroine does it, I suggest you pick up Tangled Lies. Now, what do you hope that the reader takes away from your book, Connie? What, what's the most important thing that she take away from your book or he? Well, I, I always, like I said, always I'm looking for people to take away hope. You know, she it's tough, and the family relationships, part of the whole tangled in the in the title is because of the tangled relationships. We all have those, but they come to their happy ending. They hang in there, and I want people to have hope that hang in there, keep doing the right things and loving people, and you will get there, and don't give up. <laughs> Now, you tout yourself as a busy woman with big dreams. What dream is still yet unresolved for you, or what are you still, you know, striving for in your dreams? Um, I'd like to see the world. Um, I grew up, I was fortunate to grow up, I was an airline brat. My dad worked for TWA for his whole career. Of course, that airline's gone now. So I got to see quite a bit of the world, but there's a whole lot of it I haven't seen that I would really like to see. And I have some charities that I work with, and I would love to have be able to help them more than I do. Um, and hopefully the writing will help me be able to do that. 
Excellent. Well, Connie Mann, author, boat captain, if you liked what you heard today, you can pick up any of her three books, uh, Tangled Lies, Trapped, and Angel Falls. You can find her books. Um, where can you find your books? Anywhere books are sold? Yes. And right now, Tangled Lies won't release until May. So it's available for pre-order already on Amazon. And it will be in print, ebook, and they're doing an audiobook if you like audiobooks. So all three formats are already up for pre order on the Amazon site. Excellent. Well, thank you, Connie Mann. Check her out, C O N N I E M A N N dot com. When we come back from the break, we're going to meet with Angie Breiderbach. And we want to thank you, Connie, for being our guest today. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a delight. Wonderful. So get swept away to Adventure and Romance with Connie Mann. We'll be back after the break. Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. This is Uncommon Sense for Leaders, a forum for exploring leadership from the intellect, the heart, and the spirit. Whether you're a leader now or aspire to be a leader in the future, you owe it to yourself to learn about the big ideas that have shaped the careers of compelling communicators, masters of influence, and highly effective leaders. Uncommon Sense for Leaders. Tune in to hear thought-provoking ideas on every aspect of leadership. You can expect dynamic discussions with special guests, quick tips you can apply immediately for better results, and the tools you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be as a leader. Are you ready to crack the code for achieving unprecedented results? Then join the host for Uncommon Sense for Leaders, Catherine Carlisi, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the All Business Radio Network. been rock climbing i recently tried rock climbing for the first time while on vacation in colorado i was a total gumby that's slang for a newcomer to the sport as a gumby i was guilty of excessive hang dogging or holding onto the rope instead of grabbing the rocks rappelling also called abseiling is descending down the rock using the ropes as i was climbing up my husband hollered up to me hey there must be a word for this Quick's a tickle, or a foolish, capricious person in the pursuit of ideals came quickly to mind. When I finally got to the top, it started raining, and there I was, literally between a rock and a hard place. What's the word for the fear of high places? Batophobia. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and we are 
almost halfway through our summer romance spectacular for today. You guys are going to want to check these books out. Uh, You can find this show and the three other shows for the 2016 Summer Spectacular on iTunes. You can also find us at toginet.com or you can go to our website motherhoodtalkradio.com and find out about the authors from this show as well as the 15 other authors that have appeared on earlier episodes. Now, we've got a real treat for you coming up. We've got Angela Breidenbach, and she has written um, so many books. I mean, it's so exciting because The Bitterroot Bride is a favorite of mine, and then I've recently, um, recently in the bathtub, just last night, was making my way through the Lassoed by Marriage Romance Collection. Um, Angela, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's just delightful to be here. It's so much fun. I I just I get so giddy. I'm like a little kid because when I love a book and I get to meet the author, I'm like dancing around all day. It's so fun for me to wow. get to. <laughs> I would like to dance around in my office right now just because of what you said. <laughs> You know, well, it's so much fun because you're the voice behind, you know, some of these, you know, my gosh, the debutante queen was an Amazon bestseller. I mean, these are these are not, you know, little, you know, trade paperback romances that you pull off a dusty shelf. These are real live books that you can go to the bookstore, touch and feel. I was there the other day and I had my list of the summer romance authors that I had on my shows this year. And I'm like, oh, my God, there she is. There she is. I talked to her. Oh, I love her. She was so much fun. Oh, she's the hell skier. She's the this. Um, it's really I exciting. I totally do that, too. And I'll be in a store, um, my local my local bookstore. I'll be walking down the aisle and I'll go, oh, she was so much fun at conference. Oh, do you know this person? Because she's a, I have the same, I, I do the same thing. <laughs> that is so much fun. Now, I've got to ask you, how did you get started in your romance writing career? Because everybody I've had on so far has, has all had, like, first careers and, a, like, you know, a dream in their heart. And, and you know, how did you get started? Uh, you know, I did have, I've, I probably had a first, a second and a third career. (laughs) (laughs) I used to be a flight attendant and a supervisor, um, with AmeriQuest Airlines way back in the day. And shh, don't tell, that'll tell you, (laughs) and that'll tell you how old I was. And then, um, I used to, I, I also raised my children. Uh, my husband and I have six children together. I had four, he had two, we did that, you know. I helped him with uh, human resources and being his CFO for his heating company here in Montana. And all along, since I was a little girl, my dad taught me to read and write when I was four years old. And so it's always been a dream. And when I was in the sixth grade, I won a little writing contest and it got printed. (laughs) And so it just has always been, I think it's just in my DNA. Well, and what is it you love about writing? You know, I know what I love about reading. You know, it takes me away. It allows me to have a break from my life. Sometimes it inspires or educates me. What do you love about writing? I get lost in time. You know, some of my favorite genres to read are, you know, historicals, whether they're romance or not, and time travel. And I really enjoy that kind of stuff because it does same thing when I'm reading it or when I'm writing it, I, I go to a different place in my head. I'm, I'm somewhere else. My husband says, um, he can be watching a ball game on TV and he'll say something to me and I don't even realize there's a ball game on. I am in another world. I'm transported while I'm writing. 
I wonder if he's transported to the mound, like, you know, like he's out there playing or he's there with Babe Ruth or he's in his own field of dreams. But I think there's a part of our brains that, you know, when I read a book, a really good book, like last night when I was reading Lassoed by Marriage, um, uh, I was so transported and I I started to get cold and I'm like you know since the one story was set in Montana I'm like shivering along with the cold not realizing I'm in the tub just freezing and you know I had to finish the tub I I, I or had to finish the book before I could get out of the tub and yeah I was quite chilled by the time I got out even though in Southern California we do get cold nights but I couldn't stop I could not stop reading. And that to me is the mark of a great book. And the thing that I really like about the Lassoed by Marriage Romance Collection is for somebody like me who's real busy, um, it's not always convenient for me to start a book. And then I, I'm ridiculous. I will stay up till four in the morning and read it cover to cover and then wake up <laughs> two hours later, you know, still having to take care of two kids, still having to run a company, do everything I need to do. And I'm gassed. So the uh-huh. idea that I could read these little novellas in there and then put the book down and then come back and be fully engaged in another story in another bath time these are just magic they uh, to me it's really fun it's been so delightful to read my sister authors because none of us knew who was going to be in the book barber publishing barber books does this um with a lot of the novellas they have four stories they you know where they might be longer they might be you know 25 to 40,000 word stories where these ones there's nine authors nine stories that are 20,000 words i call them the busy woman's book for exactly that reason you get a full complete story you get not just the romance but the sense of place and time and it's just it's wonderful so reading the other ladies stories has been like that for me because I tend to work seven or eight in the morning until midnight, sometimes one or two. I'll take time off for dinner or to run to an appointment. But for the most part, I'm working like you. And so these kinds of stories really kind of feed my creativity, feed my soul. Um, that's what reading does for me and, and what writing does for me, too. And I love the way Eric Lytle said when he was running, he felt God's smile. Mm-hmm. I feel that. There's times when I feel that. You know, when I'm writing and I just it's spectacular, but you hit it right the nail right on the head with this. It's the busy woman's book. It is. And, you know, we need that break. And, you know, the funny thing is, is I've, I've like, you know, there's one or two in there, you know, yours and then um, Mary Keneally's one. And then uh, it was Rebecca Jepson's that I really, really liked. And, you know, I know myself, I'm going to like, and it's awful because I do this to books, but I'm going to slice it apart and just keep the parts that I like. And, you know, I know that's probably not good to butcher a book, but, but (laughs) <laughs> you know, there were keepers in there and there was, I couldn't believe, like this was the first time in a long time that I had picked up a book of novellas. It's, it's been a long time since I've done that. And what I thought was, I have two friends who reading is tough for them, you know, and it, they just, there's no way I know they're going to make it through a 200 page book, but I know if I take yours or Mary Keneally's, you know, um, or Rebecca's novella out of there, like exacto out of it and hand it to them, like they will love every minute of it. So if you're not a super reader, you know, I know a lot of the people listening today because it's a romance series are big readers, but if you have friends who are not huge readers, I will say for those challenged by reading, the novella gives all 
all the bang for your buck is a long traditional romance. And so if somebody struggles with reading or reading's difficult or they're a slow reader, they can read these and get a lot of the nourishment that you get from a full length novel. And I don't I've never seen anybody really talk about people who are non readers reading novellas because it's 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 just easier for them. Not everybody's gifted with the ability to read quickly or effectively. Or they're busy moms or they're busy with, you know, their careers and they just they don't have time. And so you're right. It's a great idea for people who want to expand their reading vocabulary, their reading level, because they don't feel like they're slogging through a lot of pages. But the other thing I think that's really cool about this is the feel of it, you know, the feel of this book in your hands Barbara really has done something amazing with these novellas. So they they didn't cut the pages like the more modern look. They used the deckled pages. And so there's there's this draw, this warmth to the deckled pages. And when you fold it out and it has all that artwork, it just holding the book alone does that for you. You know what I mean? Well, and I was going to say that because I'm I'm funny about books, Angela. I I have to like the texture of the cover, and this has a very textured cover. Yeah. I like the feel of it. I like the smell of it. I know it's ridiculous, but this has an old world book feel to it. It feels yeah. and it feels luxurious. It feels feels like like it's like when you you pick up a purse and you pick up the purse and you go, ooh, I really like the leather. Ooh, yeah. I really like the handle. Like it feels good in my hands. This is a book that feels really good in your hands. Well, even take it back to that sports analogy that we were talking about. You know, if you pick up a baseball glove in the store, you just want to just sneak your nose right into it and smell it because the aroma of that warm leather in the baseball glove books are like that. And it's interesting, too, because, you know, this one's fun because it not only comes in this amazing feel and touch you know you can get it an ebook an ebook is wonderful and there's a lot of people that you were talking about what if they they don't really read a lot what if reading is difficult for for whatever reason and an ebook format is nice because you can blow up the size of the letters you know and you can make the font so much bigger but Oh yeah, I love a real book in my. Oh, so you just you just hit both of my two loves because I I have like I own like three Kindles that so, you know they all have like different chunks like hundreds of books on them so I have like my work Kindle then I have my romance Kindle and then I have my my how to Kindle and everything's organized because there's so many books but I will tell you that like at the end of the day Angela when I am tired I love to put that font up on my Kindle and I also have a Nook so I'm not saying that you know Nook and Kindle anything's better. But I can put it up big enough so I can read. And I will tell you guys something for the moms listening today who get their kids either a Kindle or a Nook. Um, and I know i got to take a commercial break. Um, but your readers, when they're little and you make the words really big, it's so much easier for them to read. And they're like, Mom, I read a whole page. Now, granted, it was only seven words or ten <laughs> words, but they read that whole page. So if you want to encourage your kids to be voracious readers, you know, and really enjoy reading, you know, the electronic, the audio, or the um, hard copy books, they're really important. Now, I need to take us to commercial break. 
The uh, website I want you guys to go to is Angela, A-N-G-E-L-A Breidenbach. That's B-R-E-I-D-E-N-B-A-C-H.com. You can go to her site and see her books. Now, we're going to bring her back after the break. We're going to talk to her not only about her books, but her thoughts about the romance industry because she has kind of a cool, you know, job in the um, in the writing industry. So we're going to come back from the break with Angela Breidenbach, the book we were talking about, The Lassoed by Marriage Romance Collection, uh, can be found wherever books are sold. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk more with Angela Breidenbach. Check her out at AngelaBreidenbach.com. Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. I am beautiful, no matter what they say. Words can bring me down. I am beautiful in every single way. Yes, If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can, with Lessons in Joyful Living, with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi, Mondays at noon central. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living, with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. It's marching This year's Super Bowl will air in 180 countries. And with that infamous coin toss for one day, most people will toss out their New Year's resolutions to lose weight. The Super Bowl accounts for 7% of an entire year of chicken wing sales. 48 million Americans will opt for having food delivered, with pizza franchises seeing their sales double on game day. Domino's alone looks forward to selling over 11 million pizzas on Super Bowl Sunday. What's a word for food that contains unknown ingredients? Acampucky. Americans will eat over 100 million pounds of guacamole and 8 million pounds of tortilla chips on game day. What's a word for those folks who call in sick the morning after a little too much indulgence? Arfarfanoffs. It's marching day. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. You are beautiful, no matter what they say. Hey, mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and we're visiting today with Angela Breidenbach. And I'm so happy that I can say I found her her biography, so I'm going to introduce you properly, even though we're halfway through your segment. She is a best-selling author. She's the host of Grace Under Pressure Radio, which you can find on iTunes. She also serves nationally as the Christian Author Network's president. That's the CAN president. I know we've talked about RWA, Romance Writers of America. This is CAN. C-A-N, Christian Author Network. Um, 
Angela, how do you do it all? <laughs> My kids are all grown up. And I think oh. um, while they were growing up, I felt backwards, like um, everybody else was, you know, doing their career and I was working a job to pay the bills. But when they all grew up and my kids are 24 to 32 and uh, two are married, a third is getting married. And, you know, um, it felt like I still had something in me that hadn't been done yet. And that was my life passion. And that was my writing and what I wanted to do in the world and the legacy I wanted to leave. And so... People ask me, how come you're such a workaholic? Well, number one, I'm already type A, <laughs> so that tells you. <laughs> but when I leave this earth, I want to know that I was able to change the lives within my influence for the better. I want to, And so when I meet my maker, I want to be able to say I did the very best I could and that I can be there knowing that I love Irma Bombex, I, I slid into home base with bumps and bruises and <laughs> I love her, her imagery with that. And I'm just driven to achieve. I think it's part of my personality, you know, that being that type A, but there's so much that I wanted to achieve. And now I can, because that's just part of, you know, like I said before, it's part of your DNA, what you want to do, what you want to achieve, what you want to leave behind for others. And I love that you bring that up because so many of the people listening today, the moms listening today are like me, you know, they're, they're, they're working full time. They're raising a family either with a husband or in my case, without a husband, they're soul supporting. There's so many of us that are soul supporting and, you know, we're focusing on paying the bills, but in our heart is, you know, the desire to write or like me, I'll write like, you know, Friday afternoons when I have a couple hours, or maybe it's Sunday after church when the kids are, you know, at baseball games. I mean, you cram it in, in these little spaces and it doesn't make it any less real. And you're validating that to hundreds of thousands of women that are going to hear this episode. If they don't hear anything else, if you don't hear anything else, first of all, I got to read a little of your writing and you're fabulous. Just so you know. No, keep going. No, I'm just saying, but we all need to support each other. But thank you for that. Yeah. You're going to make me cry on the air, which is so unprofessional. No, I was I was transported with your writing. It was fabulous. And so here's the thing. You do what you have to do at the time, but everything comes, this, as I'm getting older, I realize everything comes in waves, waves of time. And, um, you know, a year and a half ago when my dad passed away, I had to take time off of writing. I took five months out and I didn't write and I needed to take care of my family and I needed to take care of dealing with closing out his life. You know, people say take care of his estate or whatever, but really it was, it was closing out his life, closing that chapter for him because he'd gone on into eternity. And there are phases and stages of life. And as a mommy, I loved it. As a Grammy, I love it. But the reality is that you are there for a time Gather all of the information you can get and store that in your journal, in your heart, in your mind. Be like Mary in the Bible. She pondered about her son, Jesus. She pondered about her life, right? That is what we are to do as women, as writers, ponder. And when it comes time for the next stage of life, you will have a lot of material that will pour out of you. And don't let those journals go to waste, Highlight your emotional words, all those emotional words. You may not be sharing what's in the journal, 
but you're going to take those words and put them into your characters, into their lives, into their dialogue. If a character is mad, do you use the word mad or do you use the word ticked off? What is it? That's your voice. That's your personality. That time with your children, that time when you are in the daily grind, it is not wasted. Don't even think that because that's how you will learn to relate with your readers. And I was writing what, down what you said. I'm putting it in, in my, my day planner. The most important, you gave me some really valuable things. And I think, you know, as, as artists or workers or whatever, like when you talked about when your dad died, like when my mom died, um, she died after a five-year battle with breast cancer. Oh. And she was young. Thank you. And I'm sorry for your dad, too. But I couldn't write. I couldn't produce. I couldn't create. It was really hard. You know, my technology company requires, surprisingly enough, a lot of creativity. Um, there's creativity in programming. Who knew? Um, <laughs> there is. There is. But I didn't have it in me. And you just gave me permission to 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 have relief because I really felt bad. Like, I believe that God gave me these certain skills. I'm to use them on this planet to make the world a better place. You can laugh at me all you want, anybody out there. But that's what I believe. And And so I try every day to use my abilities to the fullest and use this great brain God gave me. When my mom died, I couldn't create. There was like no energy. It was like, and it wasn't like it was stopped up waiting to come out. I was completely depleted. And I know, like you said, there's all these things that when you wrap up someone's, it's not their estate, it's their life. It's their life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, you know, so many of us are raising kids and burying parents at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. No, and I think it's really crucial that you you understand that that is a period you need to go through and that you need to live through. How can we help anyone else if we don't understand where they are or where they've been? How can you, and here's something else, you know, for you and for women out there who are just in that daily crying that you're, you're fighting through every day and then you're working at the job and you come home and everybody wants to know what's for dinner and they all have to go to bed so they can get to school, but you've got to stay up and do the dishes and wait a minute, let me get 15 minutes so I can just do the thing I wanted to do. And you fall asleep at the computer. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Well, here's the deal. That is beautiful process. That is important. But the people that you're touching in your life and and to encourage you as an interviewer, look at all of these women or these people that you have interviewed. For me, um, being the president of the Christian Authors Network, I have about close to 150 members. And what if I never published another book? What if I never got to speak on another radio show? What if I never got to teach at another writing conference? Would I still be making a difference by lifting up these other authors, would I still be making a difference if I helped someone else's career because that message got out in the world? And what if I then stood in front of the throne of God and he said, I know you were never famous. I know you were never published with the, the world's best, biggest, most wonderful book. But look at all the people who are here because of the influence you had on the lives around you. Would that be enough? And my answer was yes. What's yours? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I love that you can take 
our frustrations, you know, and put them into a way that that we can feel relief. I feel like I had therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Five minutes, I'm like, see her crying away, going, I didn't write for five months. It's okay. I can put them into my characters. That's my voice and my personality. You know, the daily grind. Don't think that that's wasted. This is a beautiful process. 150 members. If I'm never famous, if I'm never published, what influence did I have? That's what I wrote about from what you said. Oh, wow. Thank you. I, you know, here's the deal. My grandma, she was Swedish. And this this story that we're talking about, Bridal Whispers in the Last of Red Marriage Romance Collection, that book was my grandparents' love story, moved back 30 years. But my grandma, the one thing I knew was that she loved her husband, even though he didn't want her to speak her own language, and even though he had a wife before her that he was jealous of. But she influenced me. He influenced me. All of us can influence others with the way we live. Wow, Angela, if you could, if you could, um, if you could give young writers the best piece of advice that you could offer today. I know we only've got about three minutes till the end of the show. What would you tell them? Get to writers' conferences. Start with the locals, local conferences or the ones closest to you, the inexpensive day conferences, and expand from there. Apply for scholarships and go. Sit beside the writers that you admire in their lunch times, in their, you know, in the conferences. Sit at their feet and learn. I stand on the shoulders of people like Cease Murphy who gave me scholarships when I couldn't afford it. I stand on the shoulders of people like Margie Lawson, who taught me what rhetorical device was and what it means. I stand on the shoulders of Tracy Peterson, whose work inspired me and whose love and prayers have kept me going. I stand on the shoulders of Sonny Jeffers and Robin Lee Hatcher and so many others that I don't have time to name today. But without those people, without having met them at conferences, I wouldn't understand this writing life and what I had to offer because they poured into me. Go get poured into and turn around and pour it back into others. Wow. Angela, thank you so much um, for being our guest today. I want to let uh, people know how to find out about you. It's Angela Breidenbach. I'm going to spell it out because it's hard to spell. (laughs) A-N-G-E-L-A-B-R-E-I-D-E-N-B-A-C-H.com. Let's just talk real quick. We've got about a minute about your books. What are your books that are available for sale? Um, you've got a lot of them. Oh boy. Um, and bitter at bride, you mentioned it. That just came out. That one, um, is out in paperback as well. And it'll be on audio a little bit later. I really love writing Montana historical, the, from 1889 when we became a state. Um, there's Bitter at Bride, there's Eleven Pipers Piping, all the little newsies that ran around the streets of Helena, um, the Last of My Marriage Romance Collection, uh, the Debutante Queen. Um, there's one I'm working on for the next collection with Barbara is called The Blue Ribbon Brides, and I'm writing Seven Medals and a Bride, true story of Montana women going to the Chicago World's Fair. And then we add a little fiction bringing in a minor who needs a bride. <laughs> oh, love that. Guys, check out AngelaBreidenbach.com. You can find her wherever books are sold. You will not be disappointed. If you loved her on the air today, you're going to love her in paperback, audible, or in Kindle format. We'll be back again next week with more Motherhood Talk Radio.
Thanks for being with us today on Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck. Motherhood